Somebody give him praise in this house. Come on, if you're living your best life, you ought to give him your best praise in the building. I know we're celebrating, uh, and we came with a nice suit and tie and a nice dress. Uh, but I wonder if somebody in the building uh, would take just a moment uh, and praise him. Because uh, you know he set you free. Praise him. Uh, What an incredible move of the Holy Ghost is in this house. You can be seated for just a moment. We're being as expeditious as we can today. And uh, on behalf of my beautiful wife, who I'm going to give this mic to in just a moment, but I want to say to this church, how much we absolutely love and appreciate each and every one of you and how much each of you mean to us and the fact of the matter is we would not and could not be here without you amen and we want you to know we love you amen we love you and i want to personally say that I could not do what the Lord has called me to do without the incredible help me that he's given me. Oh yes. And I want to defer honor this morning to the woman of my dreams. My help me and the greatest woman that I know my amazing wife and the first lady of this house. Would you help me give God a praise for First Lady Williams this morning? Jesus, I'm going to come hide behind the pulpit, y'all. <laughs> Don't mean to leave him hanging, but you know. <laughs> There's a song that we used to sing, Bishop said something like, I've got so much to thank God for. So many wonderful blessings and so many open doors. A brand new mercy along with each new day. It said for every mountain, 25 years, 10 years, for every mountain, he's brought us over. For every valley, he's seen us through church. For every blessing. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. For this we give him praise. I see this isn't about so much. It's a time for celebration and we're going to party. All right. <laughs> but it's about 25 years of victory. It's not so much about 10 years of Bishop and First Lady Williams, although we appreciate everyone honoring us. But for me, it's 10 years 
of great victory, seeing you all, seeing us being delivered from so many things. And if I just wanted to say this before I give the mic up, I said I wasn't going to cry because it's a time to party, but look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. To God be the glory for the things He has done. Amen. To God be the glory. Stand with me all over this house. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. For the things He has done with His blood. Has saved me with his power, he has raised me to God be the glory. Sing it with me uh, for the things. Praise Him for the things I can't count all of the things I lift my hands Because the things He has Somebody give him another praise in this house. Woo! Praise him for the things he's done. Praise him for the things he's done. Remain standing all over this building. It is my distinct privilege this morning to bring to the desk a man whose impact in my life is unmatched. I have often said to people, and I stated again this morning, that without Paul Elder, there would be no Randy Williams. Bishop, I am eternally indebted to you for your love and investment in a little kid from the hood. And I want you to know that absolutely admire you and you hold a place in my heart and my life that could never be filled by anybody else you're not only my father in the gospel but I consider you in the same place and space as my biological father it is I couldn't think of anybody we would rather have here today to deliver a word to this house than you I learned everything I know about preaching from you, about living for God and loving people. First Lady, Elder, what a privilege to have you in the house today. I would not be standing here today without your prayers for me. I will never 
ever forget the many prayers you have prayed for me, but I remember a specific moment in my life that was a turning point and I felt the impetus of your prayers in a way I never had before laying on my face in between a row of chairs at Peak Youth Conference several years ago as you laid your hands on me began to declare the word of the Lord over my life that has come to pass and I want you to know that I love you so much thank you for sharing your home and your family with me growing up and even now and you're stuck with me forever till Jesus comes so I love you Bishop we want you to come and preach the word this morning we're ready to have church would you help me one more time give God a great big hand clap of praise come on let's give God our best praise as my father in the gospel Bishop Paul Elder comes to deliver the word to us today I think we can do better than that. The God we serve is worthy of a great praise. Come on, let's praise him like he's worthy to be praised. Not like we feel like praising him, but like he's worthy. Come on, Rock Church, I know how we have church around here. There's nothing that will crown this service in this 10 year anniversary and 25 years of this church anymore than God's favor fallen in this house. That's the best way to honor this anniversary. Come on, let's praise him like he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Yay. Yay. God. This is a word from God. I'm going to do this right now because I've been fighting with God all morning about this and my arms are too short to box with God. This isn't for everybody. This is for particular people. There's people that I'm not aware of that God's going to bless in this church because this is what has to happen to go to the next level that God wants to take this church. If God's going to bless you. He's going to bless you abundantly. He's going to bless you financially. He's going to bless your family. He's going to bless you as leaders in the world that you live in. But it's very important that you get the formation right now. And I'm not going to preach about that. You're going to have to get this. Go to Brother Williams. He knows all about this. But I've seen men and women that God has blessed and they didn't do the formation part and they've lost out with God when the money starts pouring in and the prestige and all of a sudden you're getting free tickets to the Tampa Bay football games to the, and you're getting free tickets to the whatever, Miami Heat basketball games because you're selling so much of somebody's product and now you're sitting in the elite suites with all of these fancy people because you don't have the formation in your life to resist that temptation that Satan is putting in your life to destroy the channel that God has built. This, I'm prophesying. I know I'm not preaching right now, 
this ain't going to everybody and some of you that are not really hungry to be who God wants you to be just disregard this okay this is not an insult this is a prophecy for somebody but if you will start developing that spiritual formation right now where you learn how to resist temptations in the small area as God begins to increase your world and increase your life because this church is going somewhere and we need you we need you we need you we need you to do this we need you to put in the prayer time we need you to put in the fasting time we need you to put in the no time the times when you say no to your flesh the Lord told me to say that so I said it there let's lift our hands and let's worship him let's give him a high praise this morning let's thank him They told me that the gala starts at three. It's not even one o'clock. I got two hours. Well, we'll try to, some of you said amen and some of you said, oh me. Please be seated for a minute. Just keep playing a little bit there, brother. Not too loud. Brothers and sisters, these are beautiful. Can I move them? I'm, well, I don't know if I can move it or not. It may float to the ceiling. It's absolutely beautiful. Please forgive me, but I want to be able to see y'all. That one's fine. I want to say how much I appreciate the honor of being here for this 10-year anniversary to Pastor, Bishop, First Lady, Brother Randell and Sister Barbara Williams, to you all, this is First Lady. She will always be Sissy Barb to me. Very special place in my heart. She was my first convert when we went to Pueblo. And uh, she is a daughter to First Lady Elder and myself. Sissy Barb, Sister Williams, I don't think she ever gave me one iota of problems. The worst thing she ever did was holding Brother William's hand on the way home from youth camp and they got under conviction and come and confessed in my office. And that was his fault, not hers. I think, I don't know. I, I, I have nothing but a good report from this wonderful young lady when she sold out she sold out there was no turning back and then a few months later a broken busted teenage young man came to the Lord and sold out I look back brother and sister Williams there were other young people that God's hand was on their life just as strong oh incidentally let me boast a little bit I am not a matchmaker. This is my one and only matchmaking. Evidently, it was the Holy Ghost. But there were other young people that had the opportunity. God was doing special things for this generation. And I'm so grateful to God that they were so willing to walk this journey with Sister Elder and myself and what God was doing they didn't realize, but at the time that God was 
forming them. He was forming us. I was only 26 years old when I took that church. And so it was just a special journey that God brought to our lives and, and brought special people to walk that journey with us. And so I want to say how grateful I am and how much I love Brother and Sister Williams. And first it was Isaac and Judah. Now it's Isaac and, and T, uh, I always get your name messed up. T, Tiana, I'm sorry, Tiana. And, and little, where's the grandbaby? And then uh, Brother Judah found a woman or she found him. And now God is doing this whole process all over again. And you're part of that process. You see, when a man, now I'm going to preach here in a minute, but I'm just, I'm preambulating here. This is really about this church. And that's why I love Brother Mr. Williams so much, is they recognize that. I know a lot of pastors, they get to thinking that it's all about them. And, and, I think you should honor the man of God in your life. I think there should be double honor for those who are worthy, who have, the Bible says, who have ruled well. But really, this is about God's church. And it looks like initially that Brother Urshan, the vision that he had and then God transferred that vision to Bishop and First Lady Williams. Notice how I said that. God transferred that vision because you get the impression it's their vision. It's not. They have tapped in to the vision that God has for this church. That's why it's so successful. And I'll tell you this, if you'll follow them, you'll tap into the vision too. And then that makes the church even greater and more powerful. And you'll see people that they come and they go, unfortunately, because we want this to be all of us. But somehow or another, they're not able to destroy the selfishness in their life. Are you self-centered or Christ-centered? And, and I don't say that critically. I, I say that with sadness because we all fight that. Self always wants to sit in the center of our life. It never, that battle never ends. But they will come and they will go. The apostle Paul writes to the book of, to the church of Philippians. Philippians chapter two, all men seek their own and not the things of Christ. But if you can get self off the throne and let Jesus get right smack dab, you notice how we do stuff around here? The church is the center of our life. That's how your life should be, is the church. Your career is not the center of your life. Your career is what you do to make a living. 
Jesus is the center. If you can get that in your head, you are going to be blessed and highly. Come on, come on, somebody shove self off of the throne today and say, okay, okay, I got it, Jesus. I got it. And so we've tapped into this and God has taken us special places. He's taken us very, very, very special places. And you're part of that. And if you think 25 years is something, you wait. If the Lord tarries, I don't know if he's going to tarry, Brother Williams. What's going on in the Middle East is so prophetic right now, it's blowing my mind. Look at the rest of the world turning against Israel. Some of you that aren't discerning the times and you're playing church, I don't know that you got a lot of time to play church. You better get yourself right with God. I said, you better get yourself right with God. Jesus is coming. What greater day to get full of the Holy Ghost than on this 10 year anniversary? What greater day to get right with God than on this 10 year and 25 year anniversary of this church? But if the Lord tarries in 10 years from now, God only knows where this body will be, this church. So, I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. You thought I was just preambulating, but that's, that's actually the prologue to what God has told me to say. And I will use a text for all of you critics. I don't say that in a critical manner. You know, there's critics that critique books and food. So all of you that are critiquing this message, I will give you a text so that you will think that I'm preaching because I gave a text. I've been preaching for the last 10 minutes or so. But in Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 and 46, we find a very fascinating uh, parallel, which later became known as parables. A parable is a story that, alongside the story, it teaches a principle of the kingdom of God. Maybe this will be more like a Bible lesson this morning. But that's the, the Bible says that's the first order of a bishop is that he's apt to teach. The kingdom of heaven is where we're at today. I know it's the kingdom of God because we're on the earth, but all he's going to do is just translate that to the kingdom of heaven when the rapture takes place. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Who, when he hath found one pearl, everybody say one pearl, of great price, he went and sold all that he had and he bought that one pearl. Everybody say one pearl. He didn't look for many pearls. He only found one pearl and he sold everything that he had and he bought that one pearl. And I want to preach this morning about the mother of pearl, the mother of pearl. But before I do that, could you put your Bibles down? Now look, brothers and sisters, I'm feeling the anointing of God. I know what God told me to say to 
And so you can say amen if you want to. It don't matter. I preach in the library the way I'm feeling right now, but it'll help you out if you'll say amen. Let's give God a high praise and thank him for his word. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Now I'm going to let you be seated. I'm going to give you the next verse. It's found in Revelations chapter 21. And verse number 21. This is so cool. This reminds me of the old church, all these fans running. All we need right now is a bunch of babies running around here with no clothes on, just diapers. That's how we had revival in Pueblo for years. The air conditions were broke. We were so broke, we couldn't pay attention. Praise God. I just love this. This is so cool. Revelations 21 and 21. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Look at this. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold as if it were transparent glass. So each gate was not a cluster of pearls.
but very scarcely are they found in clams. Did you know that an octopus is part of that phylum? And if an octopus, if an octopus had a, an enclosed environment, they could build pearls. I didn't know that until I started studying all of these crustaceans and all of this crazy stuff that when I was a kid, I loved science and forgot all about it. But anyway, so the, the making this clam found pearl, uh, because it's found in a clam, it makes it even more rare than if it would have been found in, a, in an oyster. Uh, the, they actually put it on display recently in the Philippines. That's where I ran across it when God began to talk to me about this message this morning. Perhaps the best loved of all the gems of all time would be pearls. They are built both naturally and they are built culturally. A cultured pearl is a pearl that is found in a pearl farm where they will take oysters and they will literally put a pebble in that oyster. Now, when you get done with your science lesson, I'm gonna preach, just stick with me, okay? Uh, they, they will find these, uh, these precious cultured pearls, but they are cultivated by human beings for special, specific reasons. But when you find a pearl that is in the wild oyster clam, uh, it is more valuable. Now, pearls are both natural and color, cultured pearls occur in a wide variety of colors. The most famous colors are white, cream, yellowish brown, black, gray, silver, also fairly common. But the payet pearl colors extends to every hue. The main color, a body color, is often modified by additional colors called overtones, which are typically pink, sometimes called rose, green, purple, or blue. Some pearls also show the iridescent phenomenon known as the Orient. I can't preach all this. Look at all these pearls sitting out here. Black, white, green. So don't come and tell me about your church that has all white or all black or whatever. That's not the church. The church has all the hues of the colors because that's the way that God designed this pearl of great price. So get off of your culture kick and get off all of the stuff that the politicians and everybody else is pushing around here and, and realize that I have come into Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, to an innumerable company of angels and to the church of the firstborn, which are called by him. I'm telling you, it's a big deal to be in the house of God. It is a big deal to be a part of God's church. Where do pearls come from? They're a piece of dirt. That's what a pearl is, is a piece of dirt. That's how they start, is a piece of dirt. The Bible makes it very clear. In Genesis 2 and 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. 
and man became a living soul from the dust of the ground, the dirt of the ground. Psalms 103, 13 and 14. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, and he remembereth that we are dust. We're just dirt. I hate to bust your feelings, but without Jesus Christ, you're just a no good thing. That's the Bible. Paul said, I know that within myself there dwelleth no good thing. But with Christ, I can do all things through Christ. I'm telling you, we need a revival of humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. There's too much hubris in Pentecost. Uh, there's too many people that God started blessing and they forgot where they were. They were just a piece of dirt laying on the street somewhere. Uh, and somehow or another, the Holy Ghost swept them into the house of God. I watched those testimonies today uh, and I was blessed all over again because people, they didn't even realize uh, it was the current of the Holy Ghost that was pushing them into this house. Uh, they didn't realize that in this house uh, there was going to be a powerful transformation. I'm talking about the church. Uh, I'm talking about the pearl of great price. Uh, I'm talking about how God takes pieces of dirt and makes something special out of them. He remembereth that we are dust, but it, through the current, maybe it's the invitation of a friend. Maybe it's the, maybe you saw it online. Maybe, uh, who knows? Maybe you're just at the bottom of the barrel. Now, where brother JJ? Where you at, brother? You're not sleeping, are you? Okay, I, I might need some help here. Put a little gravy on this. Help me out here. When you are swept into this place, they're trying to make the church a social club today. The church is not a social club. The church is where pearls are made. I'm going, to give you the, I'm going to give you the little secret to the end of this sermon. You can't get to heaven without the church because that's the pearl. Remember, I read to you in Revelations 21 and 21, the only way you get into heaven is you go through the pearl. That's the gate to heaven, the pearl of great price, the church that Jesus Christ paid all for. That's how you get to heaven. There's not a way out there to get into the New Jerusalem unless you come through the church. You're sitting in the greatest thing that ever happened to you today. We're celebrating 25 years, but I'm telling you, it goes all the way back to the day of Pentecost where the Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared, I'm quoting from the Bible. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and set upon each of them. And they were all filled. That's the mother of pearl. 
the Holy Ghost. It starts secreting into our life. Woo, I feel like preaching. The Lord begins to cast his patina of grace and mercy. You come in here. What's your name, brother? Eddie? Brother Eddie, how long you been in church? Two years. Where are you from? You're from here. Okay. And where were you before you came here? You was in the world. Really? No joke. Everybody that's in the world before you came here, stand up. All of you that thought you were God's special chosen, you can stay sitting down. Before you came here, you you know this. You just dirt. You didn't want to be dirt. That's just what Satan had done with you. And you come in here, brother Eddie, right? Brother Eddie, how old are you? Not ooh, son. Are you married? Oh my Lord. Well, I won't put the heat on him yet. Brother Eddie, he just thought he was coming because did you invite him? Who invited him? It don't matter. Because so-and-so invited him. He didn't realize the current of the will of God was pushing right here to this building that I don't know how many times Brother Stu Williams have prayed and said, oh God, what are we gonna do now? The air conditions are broke. Some of you need, you need to realize you get your mind off of all of the ascetics because that doesn't have anything to do with the church. The church is a special place. You hear what I'm saying? What goes on in this place is beyond description. While you're sitting there right now looking at your watch, hoping it's time to eat, miracles are happening right now. The mother of pearl is washing over people's lives. And when Brother Eddie got here, he was rough. He was sharp. It pokes the pearl. It hurts. And the carnal parts of the pearl gripe about the sharp edges of the pieces of dirt that are coming in here. And if you're carnal, you're critical. And if you're carnal, you're negative. Oh, I feel like preaching this today. But if you understand the grace of God in your life, you gotta understand the power of the Holy Ghost. It's poking right now, but just keep coming to church. Just keep coming. Am I preaching to somebody that's addicted? Somebody that's full of depression? Somebody that just can't get out of the bondage of sin? All I can tell you is keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming to the altar. Don't quit coming to the altar. I don't care how discouraged you are. Brother Williams, I know of apostolic churches that have got rid of the altar. They send them over 
in a side room like denominational churches. We ain't doing that around here. I said we're not doing that around here. This altar represents the throne of God. Jeremiah saw it as an altar. But when John saw it in Revelation chapter 4, it wasn't an altar. It was the throne of God. Right up here is deliverance. Right here is where the mother of pearl flows. Somebody clap your hands and praise him right now. Layer after layer. Every church service, Brother Eddie, you just keep coming. Coming when you're tired. Coming when you're not tired. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what kind of Pandora. Now you think that's a radio station. But that's actually a box that all kinds of wickedness was released out of. Some of those Pandoras may be named pandemics to get political stuff. Oh, y'all got quiet on that one. And some of you bought into that. And I'll take you and I, I, I come to preach. I'm a prophet. I'm not a politician. I don't give a rip about your approval ratings. All I care about is God having his way among his people. I'll take you and I'll show you that the COVID deaths still do not even come close to the flu deaths that take place in America. That was generated to stop you from coming to church. That was generated to get you out of the house of God. That was generated for you to sit at home and watch this online because you won't feel what's going on in here. I'm telling you, if you're watching online, get your shoes on. Get in your car and get down here as fast as you can get here. The Holy Ghost is doing, woo. Somebody just shout a little bit right now. Somebody just tell God how great he is right now. And layer upon layer. The Bible says it like this, in whom the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also build it together for an habitation of God. This is the habitation of God. It's where God dwells. They're right here. That's why the bishop says, come. Now, everybody knows you got to have an altar at your house. Everybody knows that. But there's something special when you come here and pray. God told Solomon, he said, if my people go into bondage, he said, if they go the way of the world, if they do what the nations around them do in idolatry, he said, my name will be right here at this house. And when you look to this house, and Daniel had a revelation of that to such a degree that when they passed laws for him not to pray, he couldn't get to the house of God. But he opened his windows toward Jerusalem and he prayed, you are in the heavenly Jerusalem right now. 
you are where it happens right now brothers and sisters it's right here that miracles take place it's right here that God does special things somebody help me praise him right now so if you're gonna get to heaven you got to go through the church it's where it happens and I don't have time this morning to deal with this in detail but God is working on the rough edges in your life some of you come in here every third word was the F word that's popular today every third word was GD this and oh I'm I done got out of the Ephron. I'm right here where you're living now, aren't I? You're doing good till your wife made you mad. And you're, well, I'm only human. And you got all kinds of preachers that'll make excuses. Those aren't preachers. Those are false prophets. The Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. Quit talking cursings out of your mouth. Quit allowing the, the darkness of this world to proceed. In fact, here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace. Are you in the grace business? That's what I'm preaching about right now. The grace of God that's taking the rough edges out of our life. The grace of God that's building us into a building where his power dwells. Let's all stand. That's half the message. I may come back and preach the other half later. But I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to move right now. I really do. I know this is 10 years and we're going to make a big deal out of Pastor Sister Williams. And a big deal out of 25 years. But I'll tell you what we're going to make a big deal out of. Somebody getting full of the Holy Ghost. His name was DJ Brunster Williams. Know who he is? This is how God moves, brothers and sisters. Don't ask me. I can't explain all this. DJ was a Sunday school. In fact, his dad worked with Brother Williams at the furniture store. Wally, good man. Never lived for God, but he loves our church. He still considers our church his church. DJ was a Sunday school boy. DJ had a family that's horrible, hood, drugs, deep drugs. Somehow or another in his teenage years, they got DJ to get involved and he got hooked on heroin, bad. Couldn't break the habit. He'd come to church, we'd pray with him. Some incredible stories about DJ before this particular story I'm telling you I don't have time to tell you but I believe it was because of his obedience in those previous times that God moved in DJ's life that God has done what he's done for him recently I was preaching somewhere earlier this year actually it was in Louisiana and I was walking through the hallways 
of the airport in New Orleans and I got a call from Wally. Wally said, Brother Elder, they want me to take DJ off life support. DJ had been in a coma for over eight weeks. Don't know why. He went into a, a what do they call that, where they dry out uh, detox. He went into a detox center. And while he was in detox, and by the way, I want to say this to Pentecostals. Now, I don't care for their doctrine, but I'm going to tell you something. I'll do whatever I can to help somebody get out of drug addiction. Now, you've got to give them the right doctrine, but if they need detox, that's not the Holy Ghost, but if they can get away from those drugs for a while, some people, the only way they can get away from drugs is go to jail. That's the only way you can get it. Hey, remember, I'm a prophet. I'm here preaching today. And there's going to be great things that God does in this church. Uh, you may not see it today, but you'll see it in the future. God's already showed it to me. They're going to come from jails. They're going to come from detox centers. They're going to come from, they're going to come from the highest strategies of uh, or, uh, uh, the, the, the highest places of, of, of what the world calls status and all of the junk that they have, their class system. They're coming, brothers and sisters. You hear what I said? They're coming. DJ's in a coma for eight months. Don't know what happened. The only thing they can think of is he may have come in contact with fentanyl. You can't find fentanyl in the body because it's synthetic. When they test, they can't find it. It's extremely deadly. In a coma. Cannot move. Cannot do anything. And now they're telling him. His family's telling him. Take him off of life support. Let him die. He'll be more comfortable. And DJ's pulling his hair out because he knows the word of God. And he calls me. And he said, Pastor, what am I going to do? I will never forget it. I know the exact place where I leaned against the wall in that airport in New Orleans. And I said, God, I can't just shoot off at the mouth to this father. This father's hurting. He needs a word from you. And I was praying in the Holy Ghost. And I said, Wally, I don't know what to do. But I'll tell you this. I'll stand with you in whatever you do. I'm going to be home tomorrow. I'm flying home. I'll go up to the hospital with you Monday. And, and I'll meet because the doctors are meeting. They were going to try to force him into take, taking DJ off of life support. So I get up there early Monday. I've been praying. Wally's there. We go in. There's DJ. I got pictures of this, brothers and sisters. I'll show you. If I, if I hadn't come in so late last night, I'd have pictures. I'll show you. He's got the intubation all the way down in his body. He can't breathe. The tube's all the way down his throat. The machine's breathing for him. The machine is feeding him. Everything. He can't talk. He's laying there. And Wally's talking negative, and I said, get out of here, Wally. Quit talking negative. What do you mean? Because the last thing that goes before people die is their hearing, and they don't need you talking negative around them. If you walk in that hospital room, talk faith. Talk God's grace. That's the way I was raised. We walked out of there, walked into that meeting, I don't have time to go into it, but it was horrible. It was demonic. There were, there were, there were neurosurgeons that were telling him the best thing for you to do 
is take him off life support. And I ask, well, is he brain dead? Well, no, there's brain activity, but he'll never be anything but a vegetable. He's been too long without oxygen. And, and his family was telling him, this is the point that God really spoke to me about to say this morning. I could tell this whole story. I'm cutting a lot of it out for time's sake. But somebody needs to hear this. While I was sitting there and they were telling him, he'll be more comfortable. You gotta think of the bed sores he's gonna get. They're gonna have to rotate him. He's gonna have many pneumonias because a feeding tube is not like when you eat. Your body doesn't assimilate the food out of a feeding tube like it does when you eat and the stomach works right and the and the esophagus swallows right and all of, and they're explaining that and they kept saying he will be more comfortable and the doctor of the ward said he will be more comfortable and the nurse practitioner that was taking care of him said he will be more comfortable and the holy ghost was screaming but what if he's not ready to be god This ain't a game we're playing, brothers and sisters. This is a heaven or hell thing. And if he's not ready to meet God, he's not gonna be more comfortable. He's gonna be in hell for eternity. And God needs some church people that recognize that and get it in their spirit that I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna fight for the soul of these people. Wally could not take it. He said, can I leave? And I walked out there, he was crying. We walked down to DJ's room. And there laid that man, nothing. The Holy Ghost come on me. And I walked in that room, I said, Wally, let's pray for him. I walked over there, I wasn't screaming, I wasn't yelling. I just laid hands on DJ and I said, in the name of Jesus, God, this is your son. He's been raised in our church. God, can you help DJ? His eyes came open. He's been in a coma for eight weeks. He started to lift up off that bed. He was trying to talk to me. And he couldn't because there was a uh, there was an intubation tube in him. His son that doesn't know anything about God began to freak out. Call the doctor. I said, no, don't call the doctor. The doctor's already here. We got the doctor here. That's the church, brothers and sisters. That's the power. I told him, I said, DJ, lay back down. You don't have to talk to me. God hears you while you're talking in your heart. Pray to him, DJ. Pray. Pray till the patina of the Holy Ghost comes. Till the mother of pearl comes, pray, for we know not what to pray, so the Spirit maketh intercession for us. Pray, pray. I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but DJ's home today. He's walking. 
is the mother of pearl. This is the great price. This is how it happens. Now listen, we got but a short time. Just a short time. God don't need a long time to do something. I want everybody back away. If you need the Holy Ghost, come up here. Come on, don't sit there and let the devil talk you out of it. Don't sit there and let your pride, well, what everybody think of me? Who gives a rip? If you need the Holy Ghost, come on. Come on. Come on, if you need a healing, come on. If you need a healing. Where's Brother Leo? God laid you on my heart to the bear. I don't know what's going on. I don't have a clue, but come up here. Come on up here. <laughs> yeah, who else? Who else? Come on. I feel the gifts of the Spirit in operation in this house right now. Come on, don't sit there and look like a spectator. You ought to have faith in your heart right now. Right now. Right now. Hallelujah. Okay, Brother Williams, I don't know who your team is. I'm gonna take Brother Leo. Some of you other people, you take these people here. I want you to tell us what you need. You tell us, don't be shy, don't be intimidated. If you need the Holy Ghost, then you tell us. You need the Holy Ghost. If you need healing, then you tell us. Praise God, right now, uh, whoever the leadership team is, come on, come on, come on. Where are you at, come on. Come on, hurry up. We don't have a lot of time today. Church, I need you praying right now. I need the saints of God with your hands up in the air. Right now. Come on. Let the Holy Ghost talk to you. Come on. Come on, everybody. Let's pray right now.
fire. Bring it! 